The first time is Chirp Radio's live lit and music series, recorded at Martyrs in North Center. The theme this round was First City. We have Jim Burchill. He's a Chirp um, volunteer. DJ, he's taking a quick break right now. He's a Lyft driver. So he asked me to say to give him five stars and not to barf in his Lyft. Um, He's like a storyteller musician, which I didn't know about him. He did Psychotic Break a couple months ago, and he was very good. And it also just made me realize the importance of connection and chirp and how many amazing people volunteer for this organization. And thank you, Sean Campbell, for starting it and bringing us all together. All right. Jim Burchill, everybody. The short answer to how I ended up in Chicago is a burning desire to get out of my hometown. But even framing it that way makes it sound like I came from a rural area or a small town that lost its manufacturing base. But no, I grew up in Rockville, Maryland, technically a city based on population and size. But Rockville isn't a city like Detroit or Boston or the awe-inspiring glory that is Davenport. No, Rockville is closer to Shermer, Illinois. For those of you who don't know where Shermer, Illinois is, don't worry about it. Technically, it doesn't exist. Shermer is a fictional place created by John Hughes, the screenwriter and director. It's where he set many of his films, most notably The Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, two films that I watched religiously when I was homesick from school. And Shermer is the best way that I know how to describe Rockville, Maryland. Okay, you grew up in a John Hughes film. That's awesome. Have you watched a John Hughes film lately? (laughs) The terrible, abhorrent behavior that is championed in those films Seriously, a guy shoves his head up a girl's skirt in the middle of detention? The attitude of, my passed out drunken girlfriend is embarrassing me. Take her off my hands, horny teenager. Or anything done by that manipulative little shit Ferris Bueller? (laughs) It is no shock to me now that the most noteworthy person to come out of my hometown in the past couple of years is Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. That's Rockville. (laughs) An affluent, mostly white suburb where terrible behavior doesn't have real consequences for certain people. The long answer as to why I ended up in Chicago is because I was a character from a John Hughes film. I was Ferris Bueller's put-upon best friend, Cameron Fry. Don't applaud that shit. (laughs) Aside from a passing resemblance, a affinity for hockey jerseys, actually being best friends with the most popular guy in my high school and driving him several places because he didn't have a car, what I shared most with Cameron was my deep-seated motherfucking emotional problems. Although I didn't know it at the time. It's never really stated in the movie what happened to Cameron to make him turn out the way that he did. But if it is anything like what happened to me in Rockville, I will put it this way. Fight or flight. 
Those are the two instinctive reactions that people have when they are put in situations of immediate danger. But there is a third reaction that is not talked about very often. Freeze. And for me, freezing meant letting things happen, being a good kid and trying to keep the peace around me no matter what the cost, and in the words of Cameron, making sure to never say anything for fear of what might be said or done to me if I spoke up. Freezing became my survival mechanism, my default reaction to everything. Of course, I didn't know anything was wrong with me at the time. I thought I'd just grown up to be this nice, normally quiet guy, maybe a few confidence issues, but willing to put others ahead of himself. Isn't that wonderful? I didn't realize anything was really off until I went off to college, and the weekends when I would come back home to visit Rockville, I could feel myself shrinking inside, being almost down to the size of a child. Innocuous things like my favorite old movies or familiar street intersections, the sound of creaking floorboards in the hallway. I would seize up and brace for impact. After I experienced that enough times, I realized I didn't want to be somewhere where I felt like that every day. But where could I go? As a graduation gift, my parents gifted me a weekend trip to Chicago. And since my chaperoning sister was laid up sick in the hotel with stomach problems, I took that opportunity to explore the city, making sure to visit all, all the places that I hadn't seen in movies, which is how I ended up at the 69th Street Red Line Station. <laughs> I left the station, wandered around for a bit, being reminded of the Southside Philly neighborhood where I had spent my senior year of college. A concerned elderly man approached me and asked, you lost? I said, no, just looking around. And the concern turned to confusion. As he walked away, he said, it'd be better if you got back to where you came from. The mental answer was no. I had seen so much of the city already, this diverse, dirty, and full of possibility place that most importantly wasn't Rockville. A couple months later, my mom asked if I was serious to move, about moving to Chicago with no job, no professional connections, and only a BFA in acting to my name. <laughs> I told her I was, and she said, surprisingly, Jim, I don't know what you're going to do with your life, but I don't think you can do it here. She was so committed to this premise that she drove across the country with me in a box truck and quite illegally up Lakeshore Drive. <laughs> helped me drag my stuff into my first apartment in Rogers Park, even helped me with my living expenses until I could get my feet underneath me. I got out. I left Rockville. Happy endings for everybody, right? Wrong. And I wouldn't figure that out until one fateful night at the Old Town Pub on Halstead. An old buddy of mine in the comedy community, Trevor, invited a group of people there for a birthday party slash pre-show warm-up. The setup was this. Go to the Old Town, drink, get drunk, 
Then we'll go to the Playground Theater. We have the midnight slot reserved. And then we will perform a show of drunken, intentionally shitty improv, <laughs> which is different from ordinary shitty improv. <laughs> because in our case, we were making a distinct artistic choice. <laughs> it was a great night. The bar was full of friendly, familiar faces. A great band was playing. I spent time at the bar talking with Lisa, a member of Trevor's comedy group, O Theodora. We talked comedy. We drank gin and tonics. We accidentally switched drinks at one point because there was so much distraction and so much shit was going on. But it didn't matter until about 12.30 when my memory goes blank. Lisa whom I have always suspected was the target of that roofie, had a fiance to help her get home safely. I came back to reality that morning on the Harrison Street Red Line platform, stumbling and groggy and vomiting everywhere, and everyone on the platform wisely keeping their distance from me. Northbound train arrived to take me back up to Rogers Park picked a car, selected a seat to collapse into, and was immediately hit with an overpowering, terrible smell. Now, Since the red line is a 24-hour platform, it is often a place for people who need a refuge from the weather or want to sleep or don't have anywhere else to go. So regular red line passengers have learned to distinguish between the odor of someone who has not bathed in several days and the stench of someone who has just taken a shit in the car. This was the latter. And it was not a smell I was willing to sit through after the night I had had, whatever night I had had at that point, because I couldn't remember. So the next stop, I got out, switched to the next car, picked a seat to collapse into, and God damn it, somebody shit in this one too. Two in a fucking row, fucking 24-hour subway lines, fuck the CTA, fuck shit. Two in a row? And that was the moment that I realized that my jeans, from my waist to my knees, were strangely full. That was a long ride home. <laughs> Made even longer by the fact that I passed out and missed my stop. So I had to ride back down from the Howard Street end of the line. But the moment I was awake, I tried to remember how I had gotten to this point. I couldn't, so I thought about, did I drink too much? Have I always drank too much? What other decisions have I made that led me to drink too much? And the spiral of thoughts, and down and down and down, until I realized I may have left Rockville, but I hadn't gotten any better. Since I had arrived in Chicago, I had given up on acting or auditioning for anything. I had flamed out of improv, sketch, stand-up, videography. I had let relationships and friendships and opportunities just crumble in front of me and get blown away on the wind. I was still retreating from everything. I was still freezing up. I was still fucking Cameron Fry. Even on Monday and Tuesday of this week, I spent those entire days in bed, shredded, because I did not want to confront the world or do anything. So no, I'm not going to pretend I'm standing up here all better from when this happened to me. But the positive I can say is that I know I have a problem, several problems. 
And I know when they're affecting my life. And I know how much effort I have to put in to kick my own ass into gear to get back to some kind of baseline of normality. And as hard as that is to do in Chicago, as hard as it was to figure out here, I would have never woken up to that possibility when being in Rockville. In the simplest terms and most convenient summing up, if you change your scenery and everything still smells terrible, it's time to confront the possibility that you're carrying along with you some harmful, unnecessary shit.
You can find this and other Chirp Radio interviews and podcasts at chirpradio.org slash podcasts.